Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today. I want to start by thanking all the Manitobans for their extraordinary efforts to roll up their sleeves, not once, but twice, to get vaccinated. I'm urging the more than 177,000 Manitobans who have not yet been immunized to make an appointment today. This is about relationship building. This is about trust. This is about people feeling that their questions are being answered. We are rolling out materials every day. Individuals tend to change their minds and their decision about the vaccine by talking with family and friends. And continues to be up to us. Uh, to make a difference, to bring down these numbers, to bring down the strain on the acute care system, and this uh, through this collective action, through our collective uh, practice of the fundamentals, we'll see these numbers continue to decline, we'll see our vaccine rates continue to decline. It's become abundantly clear that we need to understand how people strive towards group-level goals, because some goals can only be framed, flattening the curve, reaching herd immunity, pandemic in general. It's not your own individual health, right? It's, it's everybody's health, right? So it becomes everybody's problem. It's a group level problem. It's a group level goal sort of at its essence. That's Dr. Olya Brixena, Associate Professor of Marketing in the Department of Business and Administration at the University of Winnipeg. As an expert in the field of consumer behavior, Brixena hopes that her research will help others gain new understanding into what motivates people. Her primary focus is on goals, everything from personal goals to larger societal goals. She wants to know what motivates us towards attaining those goals and what can deter us. Currently, Brixena's research has been examining different types of public health messaging during the COVID-19 pandemic studying which health messages are more persuasive in achieving the overall goal of limiting the spread of the virus. On this episode, the research question is, what is the importance of understanding collective behavior and group-level goals? From the University of Winnipeg Oral History Center, you're listening to Research Question, amplifying the impact of discovery of the researchers of the University of Winnipeg. Question. Have you ever made a New Year's resolution like saving money or losing weight, only to find that your motivation fizzles, even if you've made significant strides towards that personal goal of yours? Well, Dr. Olya Brixina has uncovered one possible explanation for why that is. According to a 2017 study Brixina co-authored with Dr. Rajesh Manchida of the University of Manitoba, titled How Goal Progress Influences Regulatory Focus and Goal Pursuit, when pursuing a new goal, you will first focus on achievement as a motivator. But as you get closer to reaching your goal, you may become more fixated on avoiding negative outcomes. This results in a change of motivation, which can ultimately lead you to never attaining your goal. We'll explain this theory in a little more detail, but first, some context. This study uses a conceptual framework called regulatory focus theory. This theory considers people to be fundamentally promotion-oriented or prevention-oriented when it comes to making decisions in the pursuit of a goal. According to the theory, formulated by Columbia University psychology professor E. Tori Higgins, promotion-focused self-regulation is concerned with accomplishment, focusing on the pursuit of wishes and aspirations, while prevention-focused self-regulation is concerned with safety and security needs and is focused on meeting duties and obligations. Our preference between obtaining gains or avoiding losses influences our motivations, which in turn affect our behavioral choices. Brixena explains how she first came across this theory during a PhD seminar, 
and how it led to her own ideas regarding goal pursuit. I gained this interest by reading articles and just realizing how that appeals to me on some personal or some intuitive level. I remember we were in a PhD seminar in my first year of our PhD program at Asper, and we had this seminar that all students have to take. It was a PhD seminar in the consumer behavior. What we did is we pretty much read several articles from every key research area in consumer behavior. So we read about um, emotions, we read about um, persuasion, we read about um, status signaling, and then there was this one week where we read about motivation and this theory that I started working on as a PhD student called regulatory focus theory. This basic principle that people pursue gains and avoid losses. And that gives rise to these two motivational systems called promotion focus and prevention focus. And so that simplicity of that theory, it fascinated me. And so I, you know, read all the articles that uh, we had to read and I came up with this idea. Brixena's idea was that the regulatory focus of a goal is not always fixed. And the motivation of an individual towards their goal may change through the course of pursuing that goal. In terms of how people go about their choices, decisions, goal pursuit, depending on which system motivates them, tends to be quite different because seeking a gain and avoiding a loss are actually inherently different things. Brixena predicted that as individuals drew closer to reaching their goal, they would switch from a promotion motivation to a prevention motivation mindset. I think as you move through your goal pursuit, your regulatory focus changes from pursuing gains in the earlier stages of goal pursuit to avoiding losses in later stages of goal pursuit. I couldn't quite put my finger on why it would be so. I was just like, well, it's kind of a hunch. Like, it's kind of a hunch. Imagine you have to lose 10 pounds versus you're almost there and you only have like two to go. Wouldn't you feel different about how you see your goal and how you sort of what motivates you and how you, how you view your motivational process? So an example would be you want to run a half marathon. In the first months, you're able to focus on the physical progress you're making, like not being out of breath, having more energy, losing weight. But later in the year, your focus may switch to the desire of completing the race in a good time without collapsing. At that point, your motivation changes to focusing on negative outcomes. According to Brixena, this would account for why so many individuals don't reach their goals. So if in the end of goal pursuit, we have to rely on a prevention focus system to keep making progress, and this system is less developed because we were not socialized to properly engage it, that explains a lot of motivational loss in later stages of goal pursuit. And that also explains why people start projects and don't finish them. Initially, Brixen's theory was not well received. Full confession, that did not get much traction with my professor. <laughs> pretty much shut down. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well, yeah, maybe you should like go home and think about something else. Like, not, not your best work. But Brixena didn't give up on her theory. She was convinced there was something to it. Yeah, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of thought, no, no, I'm going to test this. I'm going to test this. And then later on, I pitched this to my advisor and he was like, well, go and test it. And so I started testing the idea and I was getting support for 
this idea and as you know somewhat amateur phd student like it it was a rough rocky road at first like you run a study you get support for your hypothesis you realize your manipulations are flawed your study is flawed you have to redo it you know you ask yourself well what's the underlying mechanism of this process you really can't answer <laughs> because you really don't know what's going on Brixena and her research collaborators conducted five experiments with over 600 participants and found that their prediction was correct. Motivation switched from promotion to prevention as study participants made progress on their goals. So that took a few years of running studies and thinking and reading and eventually turned into a more concrete, concise project, which was part of my dissertation and then ultimately ended up getting published at the Journal of Consumer Psychology and got a lot of media attention and I did several radio and TV appearances. Long before she was conducting research studies and publishing articles, Olia Brixina knew she wanted to be an academic. So I grew up in Russia in a city called Novosibirsk. It's the third largest city in Russia um, in Siberia. Geographically, it's close to uh, Mongolia border and it's very ethnically diverse. It's very cold <laughs> in the winter, so it's actually quite similar to Winnipeg. And yeah, it was a lot of fun growing up there. When I was a small child, my school held exchange programs with Canadian schools. So I actually visited Vancouver, British Columbia three times at age eight, 10, and 12 got some cultural exposure to Canada and Canadians, really enjoyed the experience. Then when I was 17, I was actually a university student in Russia, and my mom got a postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Manitoba. So my mom was also a scientist. And so she had suggested to me, hey, why don't you come along with me? Uh, because I was 17, I could come with her as a dependent. And yeah, I came here and applied to university and started going to school. When I was in university, I would like tutor my fellow students. I was majoring in economics at the U of W, so um, explaining different theories in a way that was palatable, funny, and more comprehensible to an average student. And I just always felt I was good at it. I thought that, yeah, I wanted to be an academic. I felt really comfortable in you know, an academic environment. I enjoyed talking to professors. I enjoyed, because my mom is a scientist too, I enjoyed going to her conferences with her and kind of being in that environment, but I was very young. And so I really couldn't put my finger on what is it that I wanted to do. I just knew I liked being here and I, I like this, <laughs> but I didn't quite know like what I wanted to, you know, pursue or, or study economics was fun and interesting to learn. I did not necessarily see myself doing research, um, but I always had that passion for academia. When I um, graduated with my master's from McGill, and I actually moved back to Winnipeg and I had like a regular job, but I started teaching as a sessional instructor. Michael Benroche was here still then, and um, some of the other former my professors, now colleagues in the department, would be, you know, running the scheduling, and I would apply, and they're like, yeah, well, you yeah, applied, let's let her teach this course. So I kind of got in somewhat smoothly into the whole teaching realm, and 
I enjoyed doing it, you know, even though I was like tired from eight hours of work, I always looked forward to, you know, coming to school and teaching a class, almost like feeling re-energized. And so that kind of also reinforced, you know what, if you're liking this so much, eh, maybe that's where you should be and make this a more permanent gig. That's how I started looking into, you know, different, you know, PhD options and like where I might transition from having a master's in economics because I didn't really want to do economics for my PhD. So kind of business was a sort of natural progression or segue from that. As I started my PhD and I started reading, going to um, research presentations and, you know, talking in seminars and reading studies, you know, th that's when I knew like, yeah, this is the right choice for me. I want to do research and kind of develop my interest from there. The rest is history. Originally published in the Journal of Consumer Psychology, Dr. Brixina's seminal research into how goal progress influences regulatory focus is now essential reading on campuses across Canada. Featured in the eighth edition of the popular Canadian textbook, Consumer Behavior, Buying, Having, and Being. Yeah, it, it was a process of discovery. It was like just getting fascinated by some line of research and kind of like trying to jump on it and see if there is a, something I could test to contribute to that. For, for like for several years, I did research primarily in that regulatory focus theory um, umbrella. So I think I have a total of like four papers. Then I, I wanted to broaden my focus. Brixton has made other research contributions, publishing multiple papers on consumer behavior, further examining how we make our choices when it comes to goal pursuit. Her findings have far-reaching implications for marketers, project managers, public policymakers, and psychologists who've routinely cited Brixena in journals, news articles, and blogs. And I think that's the beauty of basic research, right? It's like, you know, perhaps marketing and business in general is a more applied discipline and people very often kind of do start from a practical question, but my mind works more like a pure psychologist who happens to do research in an area that is applicable to you know consumption and business and that type of thing but i tend to start from an intellectual curiosity perspective not necessarily solve this practical problem perspective and then my intellectual curiosity and finding answers lends itself to solving some practical problem but practical problem was not the starting point and so i think because i approach research like that it ends up being very applicable in a lot of different areas, right? Because you can take that same principle and apply it in so many different areas from personal goals to consumption, to advertising, to sports psychology, right? Because it boils down to the same basic human psychological principle. Brixton is now focused on applying her research to bigger goals. Over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've heard phrases like flattening the curve, stay home, stay safe, protect yourself, protect others. A lot of attention has been placed on what kind of public health messaging is more effective when encouraging people to practice good social distancing or to go get vaccinated. Brixina's latest research project has been examining different approaches to public health messaging. By applying a goal-level view of message persuasion, Brixina is asking if individuals are more motivated by self-benefit or group benefit messaging. It's a, it's a group level goal, which requires input from all members of society to achieve this goal and stick to this goal, right? 
oftentimes individual level goal pursuit resembles group level goal pursuit because individual actors involved in it still rely on their own individual motivational systems but sort of one of the core differences between individual and group goals is that with an individual goal you're the only person responsible for making goal progress and for success or failure with a group level goal you're just one of the many actors who are responsible for success or failure and for making goal progress um, with individual level goals we often engage in what is called social comparison when it comes to assessing others progress so if other people make more progress it makes us feel like we're making less progress in some cases that can motivate us to step up and do better with group goals it's a different story so i'm looking at what happens at the course of motivation towards a group level goal as people make progress so say as vaccination uptake increases what happens on an individual level to a person's motivation to go and get the job if they haven't done so in individual level goal pursuit has been shown very clearly and consistently that as goal attainment approaches people become more motivated and that's because every uh, unit of effort and progress covers proportionately greater part of remaining goal distance this is called the goal gradient effect Right, so the goal gradient effect is this fancy term for motiv individual motivation increasing as an individual approaches goal attainment. So it's motivating. However, with group level goals, there is another process that is working kind of counter to this. And that is a problem that every discipline has their own term for it. Probably the most well-known one is free riding. And that's a term coined by economists free-riding problem where people get the benefits without putting in any effort. Free-riding may explain some level of vaccine hesitancy here in Manitoba, especially during the early stages of the vaccine rollout, when provincial leaders were touting a reopening plan as a reward for Manitobans who got the jab and maintained good social distancing practices. Yeah, because if those loosening of restrictions apply to everybody, regardless of you know how much effort they had put towards achieving herd immunity, then the closer you get to achieving that goal, the more likely it becomes that it will be attained without your input. So whereas, yes, there is probably some motivational increase that is happening with the goal gradient, there's also some motivational decline that happens with this expectation of free riding. And what that can do is that can actually make people more reluctant to go ahead and engage in this behavior if they're holding their goal at the group level because they expect, nah, you know, I'll let somebody else, you know, go get the vaccine, get sore arm and potentially side effects. That'll be good. I'll just stay put and sort of expect the pandemic to go away and, you know, reap the benefits without putting in my own efforts. So I think one of the ways to counteract the free riding is actually our government is to some extent doing it now with uh, QR codes and vaccination status is to pretty much preclude people from enjoying the benefits of goal attainment if they had not put in um, the effort. Because once you eliminate the possibility of free riding, then the motivational trajectory begins to resemble very closely individual goal pursuit because you can only achieve that outcome if you put in the effort. So in some of the studies that I've conducted, I effectively eliminated that flattening of motivational trajectory 
probably some people don't gonna like me for saying this, but Vax passports from a motivational standpoint are a very helpful thing to try and eliminate this sluggish effect on motivation that can happen towards the end of goal pursuit. Yeah. The results of Brixen and studies demonstrate that when a goal is held at a group level, like flattening the curb or reaching a certain vaccine benchmark, group benefit messaging like don't spread the virus is more persuasive than self-benefit messages like don't get the virus. When we started testing this, the good thing is we found support for the hypothesis that we were testing, but what was very curious is that the effect was much stronger in a group level goal condition than in an individual level goal condition. Intuitively, I'd probably predict in the individual level goal condition, the effect should be stronger. This individual level goals will probably be very strong that will take over and we'll see like a really big effect in the individual condition, maybe a smaller effect, hopefully in a group condition. What we found is that effect in a group level goal condition was huge, very large effect size, very high you know, statistical significance. And then in the individual level goal condition, we got you know, the, rever the reversal of the pattern that we were looking for, but in some studies it was marginally significant, in some studies not significant. And so still kind of trying to wrap our heads around why that is happening, it could be that it's a situation where, you know, healthcare moves people away from that sort of self-centered angle and puts them into more of a caregiver position somewhat naturally. So other benefit messages don't demotivate people from engaging in the behavior because people still see progress for another person as a very positive thing. Overall, the studies found that group-level messaging works better than individual-level messaging. And it's not just Brixena's research that indicates that. Other studies have shown that we're motivated to get vaccinated or practice good social distancing, not only because of social enforcement or peer pressure, but because of our desire to make individual choices for the public good. And campaigns centered around helping loved ones as the lead message, as opposed to helping yourself, test higher tapping into people's desire to protect and support their family and friends. Interestingly, in a group level goal condition, we see this huge effect size with people being unmotivated to engage in a behavior when it benefits them on the group level goals and being highly motivated to engage in a behavior when it benefits other people. So we think it's, it's not only interesting from a theoretical perspective, but it's very notable from a practical standpoint. So this brings us back to our research question. What is the importance of understanding collective behavior and group level goals? For Dr. Olia Brixina, it's more important than ever that we understand what motivates people, especially towards societal goals for the collective good. I don't think that enough work has been done to actually meaningfully differentiate the two and to identify on a conceptual level how different level goals differ from one another, what that implies for goal pursuit, for individual efforts, and so on. Because for you know public health, public policymakers, it is very important to get their messaging right. You know, if people hold a view of a behavior as only being beneficial to others or only being beneficial to the self, and it's kind of difficult to frame that behavior in one way or the other, then the messaging needs to really match the level of goal to the appropriate frame of the message. 
Flattening the curve is inherently a group-level goal. In those cases, it's very important to frame behaviors as benefiting others, because framing them as benefiting the self can actually demotivate people from those behaviors. So, and, and definitely this is my last point, is that it is very practically valuable with a pandemic, but even post-pandemic, I think that this experience is really had to shift people's thinking and understanding sort of interdependency between all agents, first, you know, like in the economy, but also how we're all intertwined just as nations and as human beings in being able to live the life that we live. And so I think going forward, this idea of collective effort and group effort will become even more practically relevant. You've been listening to Research Question. Research Question is produced by the University of Winnipeg Research Office and the Oral History Center. The University of Winnipeg is located on Treaty 1 territory, the heartland of the Métis people. Written, narrated, and produced by Kent Davies. Our theme music is by Lee Rosevere. For more information regarding Dr. Olya Brixina's research publications, please see the selected reading section on our Research Question episode page. For more on University of Winnipeg research, go to uwinnipeg.ca slash research. For more information on the University of Winnipeg Oral History Center and the work that we do, go to oralhistorycenter.ca. Thanks for listening.